This is Two Shy Guys a Mile High. Cue the damn music. We back. The host with the most is your boy Drip Chronicles P. Will. It's your boy WB. Come fly with me. Al Digger in the building. No tagline yet, though, but we're going to get it. It's pending. It's pending. It's pending, man. I'm excited we got some guests here on the show today. We're doing something different. We're pulling up to the scene with the silver missing. Hey. (laughs) Yo, just, you got to get with with people that's like-minded and really trying to trying to do things in, in a righteous manner and um Man, I, I with no further introduction please introduce yourselves brothers <laughs> thank y'all for having us um yes. my name is ivan i don't got a no drip chronicles or nothing but hey <laughs> Get you, you, you can just call me ivan or uh, yeah ivy whatever you want to go with uh thank you guys for having us again uh my name is ibrahima uh known as with friends they call me e I have Uncle E. Uncle E. Uncle bunch e. of bunch of nicknames. I've heard well. Linwood Pop E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I've been. I've been Linwood Pop E. He's yeah. being humble, but he has a nickname. Oh, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. for real. Come on, let Anzo. That's another one. Yeah. Anzo? DJ Anzo. DJ Anzo. Oh, yeah. Heard you out here, man. DJ in the parties. Where you the person to get? Some say. What podcast do y'all actually have as well too Because you will let y'all get your name of your show out there I'll Get well. that shine out there No yeah. doubt uh, It's called The Jola Meets The Madi um, It's a podcast me and Uncle E run um, Started about a year ago And yeah The Jola Meets The Madi It's on uh, Spotify, Apple Play I mean Apple Podcasts, anything Yeah yeah, that's what's up. That's what tells a little bit about how you got the name and and how you even were even able to start the podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the name comes from uh, so we're both African. Um, is from the Gambia. I'm from Uganda. Um, the name comes from our tribes, um, specifically our father's tribes, because that's kind of what we claim and what we've been around. And the podcast really came up out of uh, conversations that we were having with our friends and with each other. And we were like, you know what? We need to document oh, these conversations yeah. that we're having. Wow, that's real. And, and that's, that's basically how it started. And here we are today. You know? so. Yeah, well, we appreciate y'all to take time out of y'all busy schedule to come kick it with some like-minded individuals, some three yeah. black men in STEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Means the Jola, the Yeah, we're going to be some baddies, you feel me? Bars. We're going to do what we do. We just want to make sure that we just um, just shine positivity to the world right now because that's what's, re- what's really needed, especially as black men. We need to be able to come together. Um, in a place where we can be comfortable with each other and fellowship with each other and really just try to grow each other at the same time because yeah. iron sharpens iron. So real. really same. appreciate y'all for sliding through. Yeah, yeah we yes. appreciate it, man. It's always a, a positive to learn from each other as well as get the information from these types of conversations because we all leaders in ourselves and just getting the word out and getting our knowledge out. You know what I'm saying? You, don't, you never know who you might touch. So opening up and broadening horizons to, you know, reach different people. Because without this time like this, you know, y'all got people in connections from mm-hmm. y'all side and we do as well. So it'd be good to kind of join forces like it's I always bridge say. those gaps, right? Because yeah. right. that's what that's what the premise of, of all this is about. You know, you were talking about documenting these conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and some of these conversations that we're, we're having now, this is this gives us a platform to do that, right? And so... That's right. Um, 
just just thank you guys for, for being open to, to share that because that has to be the first kind of step, right? To say, I, I think there's some value here. What what now what's what is the platform? Mm-hmm. And now two different platforms coming together mm-hmm. to, to share the same message and I was just trying to document, chronicle, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, try yeah. to try to try to figure it out. Yeah. And, and you gotta but you gotta have those type of conversations and be open to to sharing some of the good and, and the bad, right? Yeah. Because that's that's how you really learn about I, I think just in the failures, right? Of just how to like I could have did this a little bit better or whatever. So just always having these type of conversations and being open. You know, thank you guys. Uh, yeah. You know, from us for real. So how long y'all been? Um, how long y'all been making episodes? And like, what was the like first thing to spark? Like, hey, we need a podcast. We need to get this word out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we started actually about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. That's when we started the podcast and we had our first season. And kind of alluding to what I've been saying, the inspiration again was we're two young African professionals. And we, we kind of say, like, we're canoeing or trying to navigate just living in America, mm-hmm. yeah. corporate America, you know, outside of work. Uh, right. and, and our ultimate goal and our ultimate mean is how do we achieve growth? And mm-hmm. how do we achieve growth and how do we understand ourselves? To understand ourselves, to understand ourselves, we need to analyze our heritage, where we're from, what our wow. upbringing is, the influencing we have, and kind of how that leads us to find growth. So we thought about it, we're like, well, and to do that, we need a various series of conversations. We need people to come in and give their perspective to help us through this journey. And that's kind of why we have guests. We've had our siblings in there, um, parents, you know, to yeah. all kind of help us. So the central theme is, you know, we're just two young African professionals. We're here in America. Um, and now as a black men. We're no longer just Africans, you know, in America. We're all just black people. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. now... Real talk, real talk. I mean, that's exactly. how they view us anyway. Yep. It's exactly. no, no separation between they, if they saw us out there in the streets, they'd be like, "What? Two black men, black men, black men, looking suspicious, supposedly, right? We just walk into <laughs> oh, down the block. You know how you know what happens? Just walking. Yep. We yep. both got waves and Yeezys on. Hey, so. for real. <laughs> 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 yeah, for real. They don't, they don't care. But like, uh, how long have y'all been in the states? Um, so for me personally, um, I, 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 I can, I think I came, I moved to the States through for college. Um, this was about 10 years ago. So kind of, there's a whole line of, uh, you know, Africans kind of on my end where we were born here and then we moved back home. We grew up there, Mm -hmm. um, you know, move around. And then when it's time to come to college, a lot of African families, they send their kids to the United States, mm-hmm. to the UK for mm-hmm. higher education. Yep. Yep. So I come along that line where, you know, largely grew up in Africa and few other countries. And, you know, when I graduated high school, I had, yeah, I think 10 years ago, um, that's when I moved to the States um, in, uh, to start college, which was in 2012. Yeah. So that's my journey. Yeah. yeah. And how about yourself? My, my journey is a little bit different. I moved here when I was 10. Um so I was 14 years ago, that was fifth grade. And then just my whole like second half of life, if you will, has been in the States. Um, so yeah, 14 years now is how long I've, I've been here. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. Like, so like you, yourself, y'all both being from there. So like when you come to America, it's United States. How is, like, the culture in terms of, like, culture shock for you guys? Like, what is the first thing you see that is that sparks that I'm in a different place than being back at home? I think, for me, it was the fact that it was everything I didn't think it was, Hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. Because you have a perception of America from the 
the outside, right? So mm-hmm. it's if you're in Africa, I think for I can say I speak for a lot of Africans. You see America as like this, like you know, sort of place where anything is possible and which streets paved with gold you know what i mean (laughs) everything i mean a lot of things are possible here too but i guess from a young mind when i moved here i thought it was going to be you know hamburgers and fries every day Why? you know what i mean because the golden arches is what you see and that's a representation marketing kind of like just media pounding you this image yeah and you you don't know you're just seeing whatever's in front of you and then you get to actually physically see it and you're like Shocked, you yeah. Know, like, whoa, this is not with hoodwinks, bamboozle, let us for real, yeah. And, and to add to Ivan's point, there's also another perspective mm. of it where it's not a culture shock, but there's a difference between visiting and living. Oh, mm. yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, for me, for example, like most of my summers growing up, I would come here, but I really didn't get a sense of what it's like living here because if you're here for you know like a few months you know it's no. your summer holidays you know mm-hmm. you you know you you're only, seeing all the best parts you're, you're of right. seeing like the best yeah, parts yeah, exactly. and you're numb to a lot of the times you know you don't get to see you know what you're experiencing you know and maybe you're just so young you know so, at the end of the day you're going back anyyway so it's back, like you, you know, know you only here for a short time with this. exactly okay, cool. you, yeah. you know you just come here but once you come to live here now and that's that's when I started, like you know, really that's where the culture shocks, the understanding what really America, you know, mm-hmm. being built off of, mm-hmm. what it's like being here as you know a black man. Um, that's when you start seeing it. Yeah. What did you wow. what, what did you think about your educational experience in terms of being in Africa versus being over here? Um, I always, um, from the standpoint when I saw people when I went to FAMU, which is HBCU, whenever I saw the Africans come over and shout out to HBC yeah, yeah. they'll be on this hey, well, I, I was about to say that just, just, know, I went to IIT right. 30-40 different countries represented yeah. that I saw that it was like dude was 16 yo he in class with me like kicking it I'm like yo he's like yeah I did you know calculus in high school mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like wow like, and so that that's when I was exposed to just a different level of like they're doing things better on the learning side, but like, could could you? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Like, could you speak to that? So is it more so on the teacher side, or is it on the the house side? Because well, we know you cl- close your mouth. You know, it's you a little bit of do. both. But yeah. I would say the standard of education um, is much tougher back home than I would say than here. Yeah. Most, you know, when we come here, of course, college is tough. But if you come from high school, from you know, coming from Africa, let's say you went to high school, you'll find the high school here much easier mm. in terms of, um, than, than back home. So, I, I, and I think it comes from pressure too. Yeah. Because the pressure there is like you have to succeed. It's not like it's not like you could get by doing like an everyday like job that you could here because mm. the, the economy doesn't support that. So you can't want to be a server at a restaurant and live a comfortable life there. So it's gotcha. like education is going to be your ticket to the life you want. Right? Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like when I first got here in the fifth grade, like I was doing things like standing up when the teacher calls on me to answer a question. And they were, everybody was looking at me like, why is he standing up? Mm. And, you know, wow. the, the, the culture is a lot more relaxed mm. around education, which. Well, you know that why, though, the reason for that. Yeah. Exactly. Because of we're, we're grown up in colonial systems. That's, exactly. It's still a byproduct of colonialism where you have british and french they've established these colonial school strict you know that's what they had a country so yeah. mm-hmm. if you talk to our parents for example when they were growing up we we're going to school it was colonialism and mm-hmm. it's kind of like you have to stand up 
very strict, you know, so that can kind of filter around where the educational system you know, yeah. could be very more strict and formal and, yeah. you know, it, it allows... And a, a lot of pressure around pressure, it too, yeah, exactly. which I think that has its advantages and disadvantages, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. So. I, did, I did see a lot of that, though, in college where it was just a lot more focus around, mm-hmm. like, education from from the African community versus like just folks that kind of grew up in the states, you know, like mm-hmm. literally they come over here. There's like I gotta make it, yeah. and everything that they're doing, they're sending this money back, mm-hmm. you know. So it wasn't like it's like literally I'm gonna put all this hope on you. You go to the states, do your thing. That's what I that's what I had in my mind mm-hmm. because that's, what, of, that's right though. That's, that's what, what because I, 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 people, I have friends yeah. that would talk to me about yeah. it. They'd be like, yo, I like I, you here on scholarship, yo. I, I'm here like my parents they either saved up, did what they could do, or I made it scholarship playing ball or something and I'm here and I got to send money back home every day I'm working two jobs and scholarship I was like wow so, I'm seeing like the different type of work ethics as well yeah. it's like the way that you approach like and I don't want to generalize anybody but like the way that my homies was uh, my African homies from Nigeria and from Ghana and stuff like the work ethic that they had was way different than I seen a lot of people you know saying that I grow up with going into college and how they approach it just thinking that it's a game sometimes you know some people focus but some people think it's a game and didn't take it serious so just seeing the work ethic from like my boys and just it rubbed off on me because at first i didn't take things serious as well like just growing up out just going to college was just that was extra it was like you know just making it out from high school was the thing so it was like going to college was a whole different story so it was like the seeing the work ethic and the grind that they put in was like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's inspiring it's inspiring and and i have to think inside of my head about how ignorant that some of us are when you're younger too because you come over and, and you have the all the stereotypes when your own people are hurting you black people from america are calling you out your name <laughs> yeah. but at the same time they don't not realizing of the your background and your perspective and what you've had to go through and how much you're working harder um probably than they are they're busy making fun and making jokes and mm-hmm. y'all are busy being about that business and and, and trying to forge try forge forward trying to identify a path here not only in america but making sure that things are back good at home at the same time mm-hmm. and i think later on in life it, it just takes a little while to realize like wow that's, that's crazy people are hating but at the same time they don't even recognize the struggle mm-hmm. you know we gotta be more loving and accepting of our own kind mm-hmm. and i think that's by design too because there should be no reason y'all should just come over here it should be all love but it's really not like that yeah it really isn't it's, it's a mindset though you know and like mm-hmm. go back to what you said I like the things you saw on TV right mm-hmm. if, if that's all you see that's that's all you're gonna know right you know right. if your parents just told you one thing and you get into this world and you see a hundred different things you, you're gonna have some cognitive dissonance because you're like this is what I know but everything I'm seeing is going against is the contrary so like how do I filter that out especially if you thought the source was pure yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to allude to your point again with your sources if you look at it from both sides Let's say if you're back home, your depiction of black Americans is through media, TV, right? That's true, yeah. Rappers, mm-hmm. athletes, that's true. entertainers. That's you know, true. That's what you see. That's the depiction you see of black people. So, I, I, you know, I don't know, growing up here, what the depiction you see of Africans, right? You know, it's probably not, you know, regular. You wouldn't, you probably wouldn't see like, you know, me or Ivan, like, hey, you know, we're living in Africa. Yeah, we come here for holidays, right. you know, mm-hmm. normal life, you know. But that's not, you guys are seeing extremes. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. both see extremes of each other, mm-hmm. and now when we come here, now I'm, my perspective: oh, is he from the hood, or you know, is he you know a gangster or something? Yeah. And you also be like, oh, he's from Africa. Does he live in huts? 
There's no in between. No there. type of balance. Who was there to teach us? Who was there? We never got any education on, you know, hey, you know, it's African American. These are they, you know, like a middle class African Americans, you know, African Americans doing great things. We didn't see normal African American life. We saw extremes. Exactly. So you had to be, you know, jumping, dunking on people, dancing like MJ, you know, and you guys are probably seeing, you know, hunt people running, chasing cheetahs and shit. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so fair. You know, you're like, huh? Like yeah. what? You know, it's like what? You know, so that's how I look at it. It's extremes. We're seeing each other from extremes, yeah. um, so, largely. So, question though, that that brings up a, a question. I just off the cuff. When when did y'all realize? And we can we can go around like around the table. When did y'all realize that yo, the way I was thinking, is just completely it's completely wrong. Like, because there had to be a time when you figured out like yo, what the, what. This TV, this TV crap is, come on, this oh, this source is telling me something different. I'm seeing love over here, and they talking about hatred. Mm-hmm. So like when, like when did y'all kind of get that that second perspective or that third or that fifth perspective and, and realize, okay, the, some of these myths that I was taught early on, through media, through parents, whatever, was different or was the same. Like you know, like when did you know? For me, I think it's still evolving too because I think there's, like. Irregardless of if it's within Af- the African American community or the African community within ourselves, we're still finding out that like we're so much more like intersectional than we really think. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so, like you know, thinking about like artists and thinking about like a black man can be whatever he wants to be, that perception is still like evolving as well. But at the point. I think the point where I realized, like, what are we being fed um, was, like, I, I got to say around, like, 13, 14, where, actually, probably even before that, where it was, like, me in the seventh grade and people were asking me if I had TVs in Africa or wow. if I had, mm-hmm. you know, roads and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, like, what are you guys really watching? You know, it's, like, where's the disconnect that... That's what you see, but it's so far from reality. From those extremes, yeah. like he was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. So you see- I think like that was the point where I started questioning a lot of stuff because I was like, I mean, it can't be that that's the only thing you yes, see, sir. right? Yes, it's like, wow. what, what, what is it that's not allowing you to see that? Mm. Yeah. I think that was the point where I started to like question stuff, and mm. and like now it's like I said, it's still evolving. Where like even within myself, I'm like. I can do a lot more than I think I can. And I think it's just we come from, like, my family did a good job about teaching us, like, history, and I think that's the only way you can learn it, but not having opportunities to be able to go visit and be in Africa or be anywhere else because I think y'all got a side of seeing both. If you, you know, you're born there and then grew up here, you kind of see both and be able to formulate your own opinions when you can think about it. But, like, us, like, never leaving Illinois before I was 15, I don't, you know, you, we're not getting exposed to anything else or being exposed yeah. to gathering the information, but my parents did a good job of just saying, like, there's other stuff out there, things look like this in mm-hmm. places, because being uh, well-versed to know history and to have people, like, the knowledge to be given down through generations and mm-hmm. generations, so. Yeah, I, mean, I like the way how you said it, it grows and evolves, because I think about myself, my parents did a great job of educating me about 
different cultures. Mm-hmm. So at face level, I think I was good, but it evolved when and when I went to college. It when it got yeah. a lot deeper. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you start digging into it. Shout out to Manchester United, number one squad in the EPL. You yeah, know? If you don't know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh. That's really how I started getting more around my African brothers and sisters was just watching um, watching football, soccer, um, and then from there playing FIFA at the same time and then <laughs> having those different conversations with different people and then, you know, meeting people like my boy Bruno. Um, yep. Shout out to Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking to him, seeing his family, seeing how him growing involved, you know, mm-hmm. the, the different type of things that they were doing, like the communal aspect of how, what it meant yep. to be an African yep. because um, they would put money together to go buy a whole goat, chop mm-hmm. it up, and distribute it, you know. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's like, man, that's kind of crazy. But to me, now it's like, that's kind of smart. We're pulling resources yeah. to make mm-hmm. sure that we all can everybody have a little eats. bit of it so everybody eat. Yeah. So just think about the little things like that. Um, it's just yeah. definitely grown and evolved. And then you also have the negative stereotypes. You have the negative saying, oh, Nigerian scammer, you know, or this person is doing this or this person is doing that. Um, But at the same time, you realize that everybody is on the same playing field and Mm -hmm. there's some enemies out there that are putting those different, those seeds of doubt because they want to keep us disconnected because of how powerful we are together. Together. And I think that has to be what we have to keep telling ourselves on a continual basis. Growth. Growth. It, was, it had to be designed. That's what I. That's my theory. Yeah. I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but I felt like it. There, there had to be an effort made for you know. And if you go back to all the way through from the boys to Marcus Garvey to Malcolm X, what they were trying to do is bridge that gap between Africa and you know, um, even African American, Afro Caribbeans, you know, yeah. to bridge that gap on you know knowing how powerful we people we could be as people if we unite. But, you know, the gap doesn't exist. Like, for us, we don't, you know, they didn't, we didn't have focused education. And you say, you say your parents taught you to make some time to expose you how to expose you. I had no educational history on, you know, African-American history or understanding African-Americans, Afro-Caribbeans, you know, mm-hmm. um, and understanding. None didn't happen. I don't know what it is here. So, who, the hist- the books we learn in school, if you talk about home, where, we're based on, you know, British education system or French education system. Who are they? They're colonialists. Mm-hmm. Do you really think they would want us to learn about the what history, Africa, the history yeah. of our people yeah. who yeah. were taken from the continent? I think they, you know, they purposely designed it. And those books are probably still being used in our school right. systems. Mm-hmm. If you know better, you, know? you do better, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, exactly. and, and to go back to what, the commonality of what y'all saying, it's the perspective. Mm-hmm. If you don't have perspective, then there's the, you, you definitely... If you can't physically, personally see it or have a, a story or have some type of history mm-hmm. that it existed, then you wouldn't even know. Like, if we didn't know this was a podcast, you know, yeah. we would just, we wouldn't, we, exactly. what would it be? Exactly. It had to be called something. Mm-hmm. So, the realization, I think, first of that, there is, there is a gap, right? And I think you said, we, you talked about it when you figured it out. Mm-hmm. I, from Chicago, I, I was like, why is this dude just getting killed? for walking down the street? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, there's got to be a better way to this. And, mm-hmm. and my mom's, she, she just said, hey, you need to have your own mind because she saw a lot of just people just feeding you crap and they didn't have any any invested interest in me. They just wanted to kind of perpetuate whatever their agenda was. And so her, her thing was, and what I'm, I'm going to have to go out on a limb here and say all of our parents was, they didn't want to shield us from the truth, but they wanted to give us a, a different perspective because with that knowledge, now as you get older, you become a free thinker. You know what I'm saying? You said it's still evolving, right? I like yeah. all this is still evolving. This podcast is evolving, yep, yep. right? And so, 
it's it just goes back to perspective and understanding that there there has to be a better way to do that. And I'm just so glad we're able to do this here because this now we're understanding and getting way different perspectives. Yeah, and it really didn't hit me to now until you said so, Uncle E. Like, why are we going around being forced to learn the lowlights of us? You know what I'm saying? Can we get some black people highlights that are not dunks, that are not like people right. getting crossover burger? Can we yeah. successful businessmen, successful entrepreneurs? It's like, why are we forced Doctors, to learn lawyers, our oppressors? You know, let's you know, call yes. Why are we forced to learn? the oppressive version of ourselves. They want to minimize us to keep up down for some reason. And as soon as you start elevating, something funny type starts to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying no conspiracy theories, but you can go work at Pro. Mm -hmm. That's not my business. You can go do the research yourself. But it's, it's so, it's so ingratiating that spirit though. I think it, it just, it just hate, 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 hate. It's learned. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're a kid, you just, you're a clean slate. Yeah. You know, I got three black boys, right? You know, I'm telling my youngest, like he, He's just there waiting to be fed information. And if the, like I said, if the source is not pure, then he's just getting this, this skewed extreme version of what is possible. Oh, I'm going out here. I see my black man, ah, gangster. Yeah. You know, all rapper. Like you said, I, I've had to do, I got multiple degrees, bro. And I, I, as soon as I come in, oh, hey, oh, who, who do you play for? Really? Yeah. Yep. Like, come yeah. on. Like, I, like he gets asked, I can't be a businessman. Huh? Yeah. How many times? Yeah. 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 I know it's not sources. I think both of us, our both sides, our sources went up here mm. from where we got information on each other. We got and some bad dope. <laughs> 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 that history but, is bad dope. But, but, uh, but I think I was, I was talking to you about this um, on the way back, actually, from when we met up last time. And I, and I was saying, this is why this opportunity and a platform like this is so important to me, especially because I've had like a lot of, not a lot, but a couple people who were close to me in the past that are younger than me that fell into a different life. And I felt like as, 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 as an elder to him, it was my responsibility to, to at least put an effort into providing him more information where he can make yep. a better chance, yep. a, a better yep. decision, mm -hmm. and and I think that's where a lot of uh, of people, especially in the African community, um, get their perception, or a lot of people in the African American community make decisions is, well, you don't know, you know, um, and it's not to say that any of us are coming from a position where we've made it and we, you know, we were to end all, be all, and know everything, but right. as a community using our platform to influence others to make, you know, better decisions. Right. That's so important, you yes, know. Sir. And yes, and I'm I'm very thankful for this opportunity because it, the the outreach is crazy. Like what we could do just as five five men, you know, yeah. is is some cool stuff. Yes. So. Uh, and paying it forward is always the thing to do is because, you know, continuous growth and continuous information and just like what we went through, you never like I said, you never know who you're gonna touch and just continuing to spread this message mm -hmm. to build our build ourselves up. And both communities and just become uh, one together, you know, fighting this rage on, man, because we're going to need each other's help. And the, the, the pillar stands tall with more people that you got, the more hands and the more resources mm -hmm. that you have and people that's on the same uh, page as you and on the same path, trailblazing that path is what we need in order to make some changes out here so we can live better lives and understand and raise the next generation up to be even better than us. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and the cool thing, too, though. And we, we, I was just thinking about that as you were, as you was talking about that, Peter. We can exist in the same space and have mm -hmm. different ideas, mm -hmm. 
and still be able to coexist and move together. You see what I'm saying? And that's, I think that's the part of, like, I'm continuously working on, uh, you talking about just continuously working on it. Everybody just continuously trying to improve. And, and once again, we appreciate you guys coming and on because you definitely for, have, have elevated this platform as well as the other platforms that this will be on. It's just given that perspective because it's a, it's a totally different feel. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's supposed to be. Every, every time you deliver something from your heart and your spirit, it's usually going to be transformative. Yep. So uh, I know you mentioned like going to school here. How was that different from going to school like back at home in Gambia? And then you say you were you did some time in Sierra Leone. Yeah. So uh, for me, like growing up, yeah, I lived in Sierra Leone, Gambia, um, UK. I finished my high school in India, so I kind of grew up going all over the yeah. world. And um, then you dropped right in Florida, in- like. My first, my first, like my first, like profound, like memory I have or incident when I was in college. I think it was orientation. I was just walking to a pool, and um, this white boy he comes to me and talks to me like, "Hey, are you from the hood?" And you know, and he asked me that question, and I, I was just shocked. I was like, "What does he even like? What does he even mean?" You know, so, and I remember, like, there were other friends, he had his other friends, and like, oh, sorry, he didn't mean that, you don't understand that, you know, but I was with my other friend that I just met, he's also just moved from Kenya, and he just came here, and we both just stared at each other, like, what just happened, <laughs> you know, we just had someone ask us if we're from the hood, um, and it was the first time we realized, I call that, that's the first time I realized that. You're no longer like African here. You're just a black person. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. you know. So those were awakening processes. That I think that's what was my transition was. I mean, so now you're really African American mm-hmm. once yeah. you come here. You know, because they they use that term. They say there's black Americans. So when we're back home, we'll say, okay, these are black Americans. Meaning they're born and raised they're from Africa. And but media or how the society perceives you is African American. Mm-hmm. Um. So. When I just moved here and going to college, I would say that's that's a transition process you have that we all have to face as Africans as well that we struggle with. And that's why there's a distance between Africans and African-Americans on the college campus. Sometimes there's still some colleges is good, but largely if they're not the groups don't emerge together because there's, you know, there's mm-hmm. a transition that we're having to deal with. Um, and you guys, you know, being here, growing up here, they're kind of like, well, these guys come from other places two cousins we don't know each other right yeah. and it's do. silly and it's just silliness it's based in nothing it's mm. based in nothing i mean and you know folks hopefully listen to this 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 is how it should be you know i mean i'm saying you got to run it like we run it or how we doing it here but it, there should be talks like this it shouldn't mm. be any type of well they're from over there we're no like how, how do you how do you grow if you just have one one lens to see out of you know mm. and so yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to stay, stay with you. Were saying what there. different type of things did you do to like cope with being in a new place? I mean, I know you mentioned before, like the the um, African Student Union, yes. Black Student Union. Mm-hmm. What type of where was it? Groups and different uh, community based uh, events that you were going to. Like, what what was the African um, Student Association? So, if I would say, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for all, but I'll say, if you're an African student and you come to U.S. for college, you're gonna be an ASA. So, African Student Association is usually like our first main, you know. I would say, like, little group or, you know, family that you join in college. Some colleges, I know, Ivan, you can talk about, like, Black Student Union. Um, There's different organizations, you know, that you have. But um, usually, I would say, at least for me, going in my college experience, you know, it was the African Student Association. Um, There was no Black Student Union, um, but 
um, there's various entities um, kind of that's mainly black Americans that will be there and for our college it was mine it was mainly separate you know you had African student association only Africans were pretty mm -hmm. much there Caribbean student association they had their own thing they stayed there it's kind of mm -hmm. divided and I was gonna so, ask you was it kind of divided on campus like that because on mine it was like everybody was kind of mixed in mm -hmm. and you know fighting to fight together yeah. because everybody was just set to the same you know we had black student union which was had both you know african and, Afri and african-american and black americans and then like it was so segregated it was just like we had to stay together or else like that was the only way we was going to survive type thing mm -hmm. so like survival yeah. yeah that's that's what it's been about and and don't glaze over what you're saying get found out what those communities are yeah. you know because that's that's what the support is needed the most and we feel like I'm just gonna speak for myself. I, I felt like as a black man, that if I'm asking for help, like that's a sign of weakness. You know, going out, reaching out to the communities. Oh, I, I, I gotta do this on my own because I'm so used to surviving. Because if I give out that information, I had a scarcity mindset. If I give out this info, and you know what I'm saying, and somebody comes back, now nah, I gotta, I gotta vet it, and I have to be on my shit. You know, pardon me, pardon my yeah. language, but that's when I realized, like in in college as well, that there was this segregation between the black, you know, black. Um, culture there african-american culture african culture and i'm like what is this man but then as 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 things start to evolve i was in school like 99 2000 things start to evolve i started to see that little overlap where we would have kind of cultural awareness nights things like that and people would literally bring um like cultural things like they would cook you know, they would bring uh, videos or they would have ceremonial dances things like that and i was like okay this is what i this is what i need you know so i went to all those things and i started to get more exposed to hey this is this is what growth is it's not being very singular in your thinking it's being understanding that there are different communities and and in your own community you can be a factor and you can also help other communities grow and that can take pressure off your own self when you go out here and reach out for for the for the help but it was the mindset of getting those old ways of thinking if i ask for help i'm weak versus the opposite which like, is true the stats don't lie there's literally 13 percent african-americans in america mm -hmm. roughly i think even if we told each other everything there was possible to know that we were able to share because we get knowledge of that, I'm pretty sure all of us could eat. Like, yeah. there's just absolutely no way. The stats yeah. just don't, it just don't lie. But your brain doesn't really think logic like that. And a lot of times people come from a scarcity mindset. If I share what I have, that means you're going to take away from me. Mm -hmm. um, when realistically, you're doing yourself a, a disservice and you should be sharing the information so that person can help grow and you both can grow together so mm -hmm. the community grow. Like, you have to be trailblazers, but at the same time, reach back and help people along the way. And that's one thing that I'm going to try to do better about, too, is that you always thinking about, like, well, you know, who can you mentor and who can you affect, not realizing that you kind of have to take solace in what you have accomplished, too, to say, okay, I am somebody who can help somebody else along. It's not going over to reach ahead. Sometimes you got to reach to the side. Yeah. Maybe I need to find somebody right next to me so we can work this out together so we can both grow together. Yeah, yeah. We're a resource, man, because we all, you know what I'm saying, like you said, these five black men that's here, sitting here, like we all got different abilities and different things that we're good at. And just coming all together, like, we could do something special. And it starts here, you know, the meetings like this where we could sit down and actually talk to each other. Because therapeutic as well as, you know what I'm saying, it's uh, informative. Because I'm always learning. And just, you know, being here in you guys' perspective, it opens another light for me, you know, being able to share these type of moments. Yeah. And uh, before we go any further, I forgot to uh, mention to the audience, we appreciate the listeners. We appreciate everybody checking us out. I forgot to uh, mention, like, the Jola meets the Mahdi. 
tell the uh please inform like the listeners on what that means and how you got the title for your podcast oh yeah i, I had said it earlier but it's a. Uh, as our as our tribes, so right. uh, Uncle E, he's a Jolan. That's his his uh, tribe in Gambia, and then ethnic group. Ethnic yeah. group. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is uh, Madi, and that's like my dad's side. My mom's side is is from Rwanda, mm-hmm. but I didn't really grow up there. I only you know spent time like on holidays there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we brainstormed for a while, and then it was like it just made sense, you know, because that's. I don't know what and how you no, and to to add what you're saying and I think it's kind of what I was even trying to hope you guys could kind of see too why why we come up with this title is you know his ethnic group my ethnic group if you go back to you take it back to history our African history right we all come from ethnic groups different mm-hmm. ethnic groups in the region different empires during that time that's pre-colonialism pre-slavery so we had you know Ivan being Madi me being Jola, that's my dad's ethnic group. It's whatever our dad's tribe or ethnic group was. We got that's what passed on. You had a son or your daughter. Yep. You know, my dad is Jola. You know, then now he has a son. We're Jola. We take his last name. Kind of, kind of Western culture. You take his last name. But then you know we have our moms too. They come from some different ethnic groups. Sometimes they have different identities. But we only just use our dad's name. We claim our dad's ethnic group. Yeah. Um. So. And that's breaking it down into what our history and our lineages and our heritage. But if you look at a high level now, I meet Ivan or you meet, every time you meet, let's say, African. Where are you from? You're from Africa, right? Africa's not a country. Right. Yeah. Mm. Continent. It's, you know? Yeah. It's a would, continent. Man, if you don't know yeah. that Africa is a continent, you is in trouble. <laughs> no, people have asked though. But, you know, here yeah. people, and if African-Americans have asked me that, you know, oh, you're from Africa? You know, I'm like, yeah. But they're talking about if it's a continent, you know? Yeah. It's like saying, yeah. Yeah. It's like saying, Exactly. So we're like, that's where the brainstorming started. And it's like, okay, okay, Ivan. You're from Uganda. I'm from the Gambia, right? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of tells you where we're from, but that doesn't really tell us who we are. Like, mm. you know, it's still yeah, very, yeah, it's yeah. very general. You know, it's still very general, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's why we wanted to go to the, to sh- go up, show our real heritage, real level, is what ethnic group do we belong to mm. or what ethnic group um, do we identify as and we use the title based on saying well because our dad was Jola because his dad is Madi I'm Jola he's Madi yeah. and then mm-hmm. we trying in our journey to say that well if you actually dive into it it's 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 not really the case because we have our whole mom side of the family and different tribes different ethnic groups that influence the way you're raised so that's us breaking it down all the way through yeah. you know yeah. our heritage so and it was a great yeah. starting point for yeah. what we were trying to exactly. achieve that was just our initiative yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've listened to a couple of your episodes you really talk about um, learning history really starts with learning your family history yeah. Yeah. how has it been um, the process learning about your own heritage and your own family lineage how has that process been it's been to say the least like amazing because learning about yourself while learning about your family history just goes to and to like it just everything starts to add up about your mannerisms you know the the things you like things you don't like it it just kind of all flows you know and and i think it's just cool because as human humankind has been about progression right so it's like this is my lineage and this is what it's progressed to all right where do we take it from here um and so I've, I've been blessed in the sense that 
my family knows a lot about its history. Um, so talking to my grandmother, talking to my uncles, my aunts, my dad, you know, and my mother and all that, it's it's been really, really, like, really cool to be uh, along this process. Yeah. That's key. That's real. That's, That's key. Real. And just learning that, man, because I'm inspired to, like, and I heard on one of y'all episodes, like, what do you feel about the 23andMe and the ancestry and mm-hmm. all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. trying to figure out, because I'm curious to know, like, you know what I'm saying, what is, what is my background? Because we only got only through the verbiage of talking between family members but once that's taken away like not knowing all of your family members you don't know like where your history comes from yeah how do you feel about taking like those ancestries or those 23 andmes do you think it's accurate or any type or is it just, you think they're just feeding you whatever i think it's very important for you know i would say you three as african-american men to know you know to try and figure out and find out where your real heritage or your origin is from the continent because yes sir if you go back three four hundred years ago phil me and you we could have been you know coming from the same family right. exact same family could have been a two brothers same family mm-hmm. one got captured got on a ship one stayed in the continent right. and generations ago like yeah, go back yeah, to that yeah. and now we about. have the technology yeah. for you to come and find that out and that's what, you know, that's 23 and me ways to find out. You know, I think now they can even tell you which tribes are ethnic. Yeah, it's, it goes deep, man. Can, I'm scared, yeah. man. I, I, think, I, don't, I'm, they, I don't need a clone of me running around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is some, there is some, uh, if you see somebody some running around with some ass, my clone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your clone. It'll be shocked, but you can find out, go to the continent, and then you see someone who looks just like you. That's real. That's happened so many times. My dad has... My dad has had like numerous like African American friends. He tells me stories of that. Him, you know, coming to school in the seventies and convincing his friends to go back. And it's a lot of shock. I would say when African Americans go, you know, and you look at someone and you're like, he looks just like me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, if you look at it, it's a high probability. Yeah. If you went down hundred years, you know, back, could have came from the same family. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Man. That needs to be identified. I feel like that needs, you know. And and once you connect like science to it too, because you're all in STEM, right? It becomes even crazier. Because I think Usain Bolt, I think his people are from like historically they're from like somewhere in Senegal. Yep. Um, which is supposed to have the fastest people in the world. Mm-hmm. So connecting stuff like that is crazy right. because Jeez. Gambia is right next to Senegal, yep. right? And then when I saw E run for the first time, I was like, "Why oh, is he running like Usain Bolt?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, it makes but, sense. But you know, I mean, I mean? you know, you we all watched The Roots, right, with Alex Haley. Mm-hmm. Do you know how? So Alex Haley did exactly what we're talking about. He went in and tried to find out his heritage, his lineage, and then he identified. He, he did his whole family tree. He kept going back, going back, going back. And then realized that he found, I think, um, one of his, the, the slaves that was actually shipped and found a shipping company wow. doing more research. And he found out that from his family where the slave came from. And he found the shipping company. That shipping company came from the Gambia. Oh. That's how he did his research. Mm. So when he went to the Gambia now, more research, trying to figure out, hey, I heard this, this name, this was his name. He got on this boat. They brought him to somewhere in Maryland. He was safe. And he found it, and they're like, oh, we know, like, we heard 100 years ago, like, you know, like, our grandparents used to talk about their grandparent, one of them was captured, and he was sent on a ship, and he went to America. And he did that research, 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 and then that's when he found that that person was Kunta Kinte. Wow. And then wow. he found, oh, yes, um, the families, they're still family, they live in the city of Jufre, and that's where his family's from. And then that's, he literally traced his lineage all the way back to finding mm. out that Kunta Kinte 
was his great 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 grandfather. Man, that's powerful. You, and yeah. he did that in the sixties to early seventies. He was on the you know a lot more. If it wasn't for that, we, we would never have roots yeah. to understand what the journey is. Wow. wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Go and go learn your history. I'm learn thinking about this aspect you. too. If more people learn their history, we put facts and data to it. We might be able to get some reparations proper for mm. real. If there's more facts and data behind it, it's a cold case. What you gonna do, player? Gotta <laughs> <laughs> make some type of move at that point. Yeah, the numbers right in front of you. I'm telling you. Another question I have for you: There's been a lot going on between um, the current environment. There's COVID going around. There's um, the Black Lives Matter movement. But we only hear from it from the perspective of, of America and what they're feeding us. Um, when you reach out to your family and having those conversations with them, can you just um, help give us some perspective about what they're kind of seeing and saying about the situation, just like overarching, I would say? I think, like, on my end, it's definitely, like, expanding their mind mindset as far as, like, the black men in America. Mm-hmm. Because when on the news they see, like, a professor, you know, was... Like, what that thing that happened with Obama, you know, where the Harvard professor was, like, trying to get into his house and he was arrested and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, hold on. That's, that's a like, an honorary man doing, just doing something regular. You know, if he was white, nothing would have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's opening up, it's opening up their mindset to, to think for themselves or it's like, wait a minute, like, maybe everything's not so good in America and, and there's still work to be done. Because if you look at the news, there was protests all over the world. You know, it wasn't just here. It was mm-hmm. it was in Asia and Africa and Europe. People are, like, starting to rise up and think, like, yo, we're stronger together than not. And that's just pure evil. I mean, it's just, it's just not right. I mean, mm-hmm. and it goes beyond just your personal community. It's, oh, if that can happen there and the, 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 the Western culture, mm-hmm. you know, hmm. So it gives people a little more... I think um, internal reflection, because if it can happen to that person, mm-hmm. then it can happen to me, right? And it goes to that internal work, those those lenses that they're seeing it through. The media, I mean, you're talking about the media. When you see something live, there's no filter on that. And it, and especially when the person looks like you, you know, because yeah. yep. yeah. it's like you're seeing something being done to someone who looks just like you. Could be your brother, your father, your uncle, mm-hmm. your sister, your mother, you know, and then you start to ask questions at that point. And so I think a lot of Africans are, are like... It's finally happening. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's, it's helping to bridge another gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely finally happening. Before that, yeah, I'll say most Africans probably didn't think that the plights of black Americans, they shouldn't even be involved in it or be actively, you know, understanding that it's part of them too. Right. You know, because, you know, you deemed America, you know, largely you didn't think America was going through all of this, you know, 400 years of systematic racism, police brutality, all of that, you know, that a lot of time that information wasn't there for Africans to even like know of and now be actively care about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now media and the information and seeing it all over and generational differences as well. Like our generation young, you know, back home, I pierce everyone's just involved knowing about George Floyd and not only in America, it's a global struggle. Mm-hmm. You go to China, you go any like almost any other corner in the world, you know, Brazil, South America, that black people are facing, you know, oppression and you know. Yeah, I, I have I have been seeing a lot more of those all movies. over the world. Yeah. Definitely with uh, Chinese people going over there and, and him yeah. like doing. Chinese some people not, were trying to blame black people for yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> 
doing chi- in China, they were you know preventing black people from yeah. going to like even a McDonald's. I remember there was an incident. They were not telling um, black people like the landlord telling tenants that were black they need to evacuate. Wow. So it's a. I think the more we understand, it's a global struggle. You know, as black people, what we go through is unfortunate. That you know, it's every corner of the world now. America, of course, you know, it's being prevalent and you know being the main one being shown. But it's all over. So, you know, even us being in Africa, we need to be aware of what's going on all over the world. Because it's so sad. Also, at the same time, to see many countries in Africa have so many great natural resources and all of it is just getting sucked out and nothing is being put back into these countries. And it's real like, come on, how... How could there be so much oil, so many diamonds, so many, so many different fine luxuries of life, but these people don't reap the benefits of that? It's it's it's, it's really it's disheartening to be honest with you. And that that problem is so multi layered. It's yeah. like that's just a whole nother <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Another cast. Yeah. Because you get into things like imperialism, how and colonization. You know, it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, um, and that one has to start at home. We just as Africans have to to start that battle, you know. But that's important for these type of platforms, mm-hmm. these type of ongoing conversations. Mm-hmm. And if we got to get you guys back in here to unpack some other stuff like that, then hopefully you guys will be open to that as well. Because yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I've learned. I'm just sitting here, man. I'm you. You can't see my mouth is just on the floor because I'm I'm learning so much just about my own thinking right just because i feel like i'm doing work as well but there's other perspectives as well from you guys that i get to get and, and use that to do more thought work for yeah. myself mm-hmm. and, and teach my kids like you were saying mm-hmm. teach your kids there and that's why this is important i think why we all getting together because we do need to document and chronicle these things these perspectives because god forbid anything happens to us at least they know this is what five black men Five men with five different struggles trying to do the right thing. This is this is their perspective. And hopefully this can help not only us, but help the communities that we that we love to serve. And yeah. that's that's philanthropy. That's yeah. just that's help. And uh-huh. it, it, it sums it up because like we're all a walking representation of all the decisions and stuff that we made. So all the decisions that me, E, Ivan, we made got us to this point right here and able to share like everything that we went through. And learning from each other is, you know, it's profound and it's prolific that we able to do this and give it to other people and share that knowledge and to uh, provide and use our platform for for the good, you know, yeah. just to uh, you know, just to help, man, just, just to, to help keep, keep things progressing. Mm-hmm. Because uh-huh. if we don't have these conversations, we don't know that there's that there's there's issues, there's underlying things, and sometimes just those uncomfortable conversations lead to so much growth. But people are so scared to even indulge them or just even admit that there might be a need for the conversation, you know, but just communication wise, like how, how have you guys seen that, that change over the last, like maybe few years of how you communicate with your family, how you communicate with others, because with these perspectives come a different set of beliefs, a different set of, of not necessarily core values, but how do you, how do you navigate knowing this information now? Because some people might be listening like, yo, I, I'm changing, right? But I don't see the pace of the people around me changing. That's, and that's, that can sometimes be kind of um, not deflating, but it can kind of make you feel that that dissonance, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm 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 understanding things a little bit better. I want to help other people around me understand it better, but they're not for whatever reason they're not putting in the work, the thought work that's needed to do that. Like how is how is communication with? with uh, I say like my the way I look at it is like the same way how we tell, 
you know, let's say mainly, you know, white America to, uh, you know, acknowledge their white privilege and, you know, have uncomfortable conversations. We have two our own uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. We have African American and African. What we're doing, we need to have these uncomfortable conversations, break down stereotypes. Why do we perceive each other as this? Why is in there that unison? Mm-hmm. And we need to go back to our families. My auntie thinks that, oh, you know, like, oh, African Americans are lazy or something. You know, they could have that stereotype. I need to sit down and say, hey, that's not wrong. This is not true. You've been misled. You know, the same thing as if someone had perceptions that they had of black people. We need to have those conversations. And same thing, you know, in your families, in your circles, if you hear someone say a misconception about Africans, Mm -hmm. you need to educate them. Yes, sir. And, you know, so I feel like we just need to have uncomfortable conversations on both our sides too as well um, yeah. to, to kind of educate ourselves. That, is, that brings back a point that both of you have been hearkening on. Education is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing history because, you know, if you don't know your history, things happen over and over, man. Fads mm-hmm. happen over and over. Occurring things happen over and over. We just got to do things to make that change. But like, so if I'm looking to find out where I come from and stuff, how like accepted is being a black American if he went back to Africa? Like, how would that start off, or how would I go about doing that process if it was like you know, that's what I was trying to get more in tune with where I come from and you know saying where I'm from and the heritage uh-huh. and culture. I think the first thing you'll learn is just about. Well, I can't speak for North Africa, but I know it's <laughs> sub-Saharan, <laughs> sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Just about every country you go to will be like overwhelmingly welcoming mm-hmm. and and have a just a really 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 good hospitality sense so if if that's the first thing that i mean that's the first thing i would tell anybody looking to to go back is the first thing is you're gonna be welcomed right, right. no one's gonna chastise you or or you know you're gonna be welcome you're gonna feel at home um it will be a a a difference there there will be a difference in what you're used to because you might be somewhere in a village and the power cuts out in your leg things like that <laughs> um which in most cities you're fine um you know or you might have to like there's just very small differences that will help you appreciate what you have um once you get to experience it That's right. um you could also go to like you know, any major city in Africa. And now you told us before, you was like, all right, you got to go to certain spots before you get your feel of, like, what Africa yeah. is like. because it's, if you go to a bigger city, you're going to get, like, more an American experience in Africa. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Because you're going to go stay at a hotel. You'll probably have more traffic than usual, but, you know, it'll be very similar. Um, I think that's a good entry uh, process is easing in. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once you feel comfortable with that, you can really dive deep into, like, like you know, the, the village and whatnot. Yeah, the culture. Like, the getting culture, into the yeah. culture. Um, different, like you said, an infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you, you're going to have to prepare your mind for to be open. Yeah. You know? Um, that, that's what it is, man. Um, just being open to different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like... Like, to the, to the listeners, where would you tell someone to go if, like, they wanted to experience, like, what, what would be your first stop to tell someone to go? So, so I mean, when it, when it comes back to going to the, back to the continent, I always say, like, because, you know, now we, we all have, I'm sure you just mentioned having Nigerian friends growing up, you know, we all have African friends that you can talk to mm. 
you know, you do your research, and I would say, like, if you want to go to a country for the first African country, that's, you know, you can say you know someone who's from Nigeria and you want to go there, talk to them and, you know, ask them about what you want to do, and maybe they might have contacts. So kind of find a way to make your transition going to it easier by having someone who's from there. Mm, yeah. That that would be a good yeah. start, I would say. If you don't, you know, if you don't know anybody there from that country, just make sure you do your research kind of before you travel everywhere, you know. Do your research and know what, where you're going to and kind of figure out that. I always say try and get contact of someone who's from who's there that when you go to, they could be your guide, they could be, you know, someone to help you transition. So, like, then you'll have a really good transition if you know someone who's either from there or, you know, it's a small world. You can find contacts from any country. Oh, I know a guy, I know this guy, I know this guy, and can lead you to someone who's from there who, when you get there, they can help you. They can show you around. So, um, ease that transition. That's what I always say. Yeah, it's that, always best to go yeah, with somebody. You someone, you know, <laughs> who you know is either from there or know someone there that they can look out for you mm-hmm. while you're there to help you. That's for the first time because it's the first time that's the most important. For you to understand the country, how it works, what to move. Once you do that and you have a good experience, then you can go back as much as you want. Now you've kind of had that experience. It's yeah. like the yeah. shot. You got to know where to go. Don't go on the west side over yeah. there after this. You got to have a guide of some sort. But but no, that's a great point. Hey, thank you, man, because that's where our history is. Mm-hmm. Just to be real with you, we got to go back there and figure out like what, what's happening because that's where it started. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other podcast. So yeah, and I think like uh, because I see just because where we're at, we don't have the opportunity to go to Africa and stuff like that. And it gets like I feel like to learn where you're from and to learn all the stuff that you need to learn about your culture and stuff. Like we get experiences going to you know I've been to Canada, I've been to South America, Mexico and stuff like that. And it's like why haven't I been back to like the culture and like understanding? Go to Europe and London and stuff like that. But I understand like that should probably be like for me. It's want to be the first place that I, that I want to go to actually start learning and mm-hmm. just understanding that as I've been educated more and more, it's like understanding that I need to go there and that's the like to get the information of what I'm missing for myself and to missing like the guy and the, and the history and the pure knowledge and why I am the way that I am and understanding the, like the future and what I can possess and what people that are from the area just not knowing my background and not knowing my history i'm just like so perplexed and want to, i want to know more about yeah. it so mm-hmm. i appreciate y'all insight on just yeah, giving me some when more this clear up it's gonna be two shy guys at mount high we're going on world tour baby <laughs> we straight from africa one time we're gonna have to you get enough to. cheese that to. means y'all need to review and rate our content their come content on. too because yeah. we, we gotta pay for market certified come yeah. out there too we gotta get everybody <laughs> gotta eat okay gotta where, eat. where can they find y'all again man for real like like another plug on y'all. What, where can they find y'all y'all podcast at again, man? Spotify. Yeah, we're on all platforms. You know, just uh-huh. um, just search the Jola J O L A meets the Madi M A D I. Um, you can find us, and we kind of you know Instagram to our Instagram. Instagram we have an Instagram yeah. page. We kind of try to summarize what our episodes about and kind of what we want to talk about. But you know, that's the central themes that we just talk about, giving our perspective. Yeah, what's um, your Instagram name? Can you shout that out one more time? Um, the Instagram name for the page? Yes. It's uh, at the Jola, J-O-L-A meets the Madi, M-A-D-I. And, and do you want to plug your personal page? Yeah, and uh, my, my personal is at arrow E, arrow underscore E. Yep. Mine's uh, Mze Anzo, which is M-Z-E-I underscore A-N-Z-O. For real? Yeah. Hey, go follow them. Go check them out. The Jola meets the Madi. 
Man, it's, it's definitely been uh, enlightening man. just listening to y'all podcasts, man. Yeah, for real. Uncle Eve, he told us the too. jokes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes with it, man. Uh, no, we, we've, like I said, and me and Ivy have been talking about this from understanding, and you guys, and that's why I talked about the mental health standpoint when you guys talked about it. You know, this is something that I've, I don't think I've even, like, run across or know of, you know, as black men talking about mental health and yeah. telling us the importance. Mm-hmm. In our cultures, there's no such thing as mental health. <laughs> yeah, they say yeah. you're crazy if you have. Oh, yeah. Wow, no, but that's for what they deem us as. So and to hear that from you guys and the perspective, I've never. That's the first time I'm hearing it. So it was really enlightening, and we really yeah, appreciate, yeah, that. appreciate that. Yeah, because when when you showed me the the podcast and like that was the first episode I saw was mental health. I was like, all right, these guys are certified because they're they're making an the effort to talk about something mm-hmm. that's so taboo. So taboo, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was like, these guys are dope. I already know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, appreciate the good vibes. And we look forward to being on your show, too. Of course. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. So. We, we'll definitely be testing you guys. How you, you know, some African trivia. See what oh, we boy. <laughs> we got to make sure you guys don't take Africa as a country. Continent? Continent? Zamunda is not a country. No, 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 no. Zimbabwe. No, but man, once again, from, from personally, from my heart, man, thank you guys. I, I know I learned a lot and just, it's always a pleasure, man, to do this. It, it has, I, I would say it's fun and it's a pleasure, man. Um, when you really start to do things from your, from a, a pure spirit, a pure place of just trying to help, I don't, I don't see how it can, how it can be, you know, not righteous. So, you know, I'm always going to let you guys know. I appreciate you guys, man. And, you know, just keep doing what y'all doing. We're here to help. Um, you know, you got three more brothers right here that's 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 willing to help, man. So, anytime. So, yeah. thank you guys. Yeah. You appreciate it. Appreciate you guys, man. Hey, yeah, can't say it enough, man. But, once again, we appreciate everybody listening. Like I always say, like the content, love the content, share with your mama, share with your friends, share with your family. We out. Peace. Yo.